It says in John 13, verses 34 to 37, A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. Love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this everyone will know that you are my disciples. If you love one another. Simon Peter asked him, Lord, where are you going? It's amazing if you put that, to, that verses 34 to 36. A new command I give you. So Jesus is talking. I mean, this is a radical thing. Just, just imagine God, Jesus, is giving a new command. But this is Jesus. He, he is God. And he's giving a new command. He says, I give to you. It's like you have to have a pause and a violin playing at the same time. Dramatic music like in, in the Megalodon movies. Something's about to happen. Jesus a new. It's like this, the course of history is about to change. Jesus is saying, I give you a new command. Love one another as I have loved you. Jesus is having a speech moment. It's like Mel Gibson on a horse in Braveheart. Is this is a serious moment. As I have loved you, that also, you also should love one another. And the best thing Peter comes up with is, next verse. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? So Jesus just gave him a command that changes the course of history and how the church is supposed to operate. And John is, and Peter is going like, okay, so where are you going? He, it's like over Peter's head. I think at that moment, he's not listening to what Jesus is saying and the profound effect that this command is supposed to have on, on people's lives. Jesus is saying, a new command I give you to love one another as I have loved you. And Peter goes like, okay, so where are you going? Jesus goes like, okay, where I'm going, you can't go. Peter literally just changed. I also, from my own house, I have to teach my children, stop changing the topic. If there's a conversation, get involved in that conversation in the same direction. Don't change the conversation's direction. Peter just changed the conversation's direction. Jesus tells him, this new command, love one another as I have loved you. Now, where does this come from? And I think we need to try and investigate this and to have... Uh, better understanding. So let's read from Luke chapter number 10. It's this, uh, there, uh, a part of the slice of the story is also in Matthew 22, not the Good Samaritan, but let's read it uh, in, in, in Luke chapter number 10, verses 25 to 37. On one occasion, an expert of the law stood up to test Jesus. On one occasion, an expert of the law stood up to test Jesus. Says to him, teacher, he asked, it's amazing that it's two different uh, fields of expertise, a lawyer and a teacher. It's amazing sometimes that you overemphasize your credibility. You, 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 you overstretch your talent. Because this lawyer, imagine, imagine the two characters in the story, a lawyer and a teacher. Jesus is in fact a teacher. That's what I mean. Rabbi means teacher. So this this. Lawyer, how many people sits in the church and goes like, looks at the pastor and says, I'm a businessman, you should do that differently. You assume based on your talents that you know better. You assume based on your domain of influence that you know how something else is supposed to work. For one thing, Christianity doesn't work based on business logic. It's not based on business logic or what feels good or feels right or what's the right move. It's not, it, you don't navigate through strategy of the church it's not developed by paying attention to the social and financial trends that is prevalent in 2023. We don't look at that and then design a path forward. That's for admin. 
to design how we distribute finances and allocate finances to a sense. But strategy is developed by listening to the Holy Spirit. And he says, go left. You don't go, why should we go left? And God goes, because the, the financial system is pointing this out. And you look at the trigger. He says, left, you turn left. God says, do this, and then you do this. And this is how we, we try to, the best of our ability, lean into what we believe God is saying. Because there's also no guarantee we might be missing it sometimes and we're, you're just human. But amazing, this lawyer is standing, I've heard it so many times. People say to me, that guy is such a gifted guy. If he can just get saved, he can do so much for the church. And I think, do you think Jesus is confused? If Jesus, if that was true, why wouldn't Jesus just go get him? It's not because you're skilled that, that automatically makes you gifted in, in church. God is not look, looking for you. You know that the gift that you have comes from God. So God is waiting for your obedience. God can take an obedient nobody and use him better than he can take a, a, a not so gifted somebody. If, if you think you're something, that gift in you comes from God. It can just as easily stop as it was put there. So you have a lawyer and this lawyer thinks, Jesus, teacher, and he's like, oh, teacher. And the lawyer, you know what a lawyer is good for? Loopholes. Lawyers are always looking for ways to get yourself, somebody out of trouble. So this lawyer is standing there. He says, on one occasion, an expert of the law stood up to test Jesus. says, teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus responds and he says to him, what is written in the law? What is written in the law? And he replied, how do you read it? Uh, what, what is written in the law? He replied, how do you read it? So Jesus put the ball back in the court and he says to them, how do you interpret the writings of the law? These are Jewish um, people that understand the Torah. They are proficient in the laws of God and the way that it should function. How do you interpret the laws of God? And this lawyer answers him, this, this expert in the law, whatever. He answers him and he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as, he adds that last part to it. Love your neighbor as yourself. So he says, what shall we do to inherit eternal life? It's a question. What should I do to inherit eternal life? Some people opt to say, there is no eternal life, so I don't have to do anything. Some say, put crystals in your bath. He says, what do you say? What is written in the law? How do you get eternal life? He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your strength, all your mind, uh, soul, strength, mind. Love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus says to him, you have answered correctly. Jesus replied, do this and you will live. But the lawyer wanted to justify himself. Now he goes beyond. He says, do these two things and you will live. And the lawyer wants to justify himself. So we have to ask the question, why does the law, the, 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 the expert of the law, better terminology, the expert of the law, Jewish law, the law from the Torah, why does he answer what you should do to have eternal life is love the Lord and love your neighbor. Why does he answer that? Why does he not give us the Ten Commandments? Because if he is an expert of the law, talking to Jesus, 
and you would ask him, what should I do so that I may have eternal life? Most people would refer to the Ten Commandments. You have people staying in Sinival acting like Israelites. Anyway, but what is the Ten Commandments? And where do we get that sentence from? So the Ten Commandments comes from Genesis 20, chapter 20, and it comes with Deuteronomy chapter number five, the Ten Commandments. The four, first four of the Ten Commandments deals with your relationship with God. Let me read some of this to you. You shall have, you shall have no other gods. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Four, remember the Sabbath. In other words, do not break the Sabbath. So it's, it's four no's in a row. No other gods, no idols, do not take the Lord's name in vain and do not break the Sabbath. Four no's that deals with God. The next six deals with people. The next six things, he says, honor your father and your mother. Your, your life will be extended. He says, you shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. And you shall not covet. This is in Deuteronomy 5. So this is where we have the Ten Commandments. And it's ten no's mostly. It's you shall not, you shall not, you shall not. It's, it's a command what not to do. Then we jump to Deuteronomy chapter number 6. These are the commandments, decrees, and the laws the Lord your God directed me to teach you to observe in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to possess, so that your children and their children after them may fear the Lord your God as long as they live by keeping all his decrees and his commands that I give you, and so that you may enjoy long life. Hear Israel and be careful to obey so that you may, it may go well with you and that you may increase greatly in the land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord your God, your ancestors, God of your ancestors promised you. Hear, O Israel. The Lord your God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. That's the first part of where the law, the, the law expert gets his response to Jesus. So he says to him, teacher, what shall I do to inherit life? And he reads and responds with Deuteronomy 6, which follows Deuteronomy 5, which lists the Ten Commandments. So the Ten Commandments shouldn't be your focus. Because Deuteronomy 6, love the Lord your God, is a summary of the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments is fulfilled by keeping chapter 6. If you love the Lord your God, you won't do these things. You won't have idols. You won't have other gods. You won't, you won't dishonor your parents. You won't break this. All of these ten things are held in this one thing that binds it together, the love for God. It is in Leviticus that we continue to hear that you are supposed to love your neighbor. So Jesus summarizes this when he says, a new command I give you. So out of the 10, do not, the do nots is covered by the do. This is the only command that, it's a, that is a not, not a not. It's a do. If you do this, the do nots will be easy. The do nots are tied to the do. Love the Lord and you won't. So instead of saying, I'm going to try to not do this, 
With, because most people try and be good without loving God. This is, this is you, you need to hear this because it changes how you see things. So when Jesus is saying, I'm giving you a new command, commandment, to love one another as I have loved you. By doing that, the do not fall in place. You won't cheat someone if you love them. You won't hurt someone if you, you can't murder people if you have love within you. Now, now most people try to, to keep the do nots, but want to ignore the do. Does that make any sense? So, so, so the New Testament is connected to the Old Testament. The Old Testament lists the Ten Commandments and we get hung up by the Ten Commandments, what we shouldn't do. What you should be focusing on is love God, love your neighbor. Just these two, let's make it simple. Let's not try and figure out how long should you grow your beard for. You keep the Sabbath, but you cut your beard. Does Hebrews, I, I don't know why I'm on this topic, but some of you need to hear this. Why does Hebrews say, you, did, you didn't get saved by keeping things. Now, how do you think you're going to keep your salvation by keeping things? So the Ten Commandments, do not, do not, do not, do not. Chapter 6, love the Lord your God. It is a encapsulation of all the other commandments. It's held together by this love God. It's the only command that tells you to do something. And if you do that, the stuff you shouldn't do becomes easier. It's very difficult to just stop doing things. If nobody does something when someone tells them, do this. They want to have a reason to not do it. The love God is the reason you don't do. Now, now to, to make this simple, why does it, if we want to get into deep theology, why do you think you can't keep the commands? You can't keep the commands. No one can keep the commands. This is proven by Israel. This is why in the book of Hosea, he tells Hosea to go marry a prostitute. And he says, this is what you do to me. I wanted to make you my own people. Now marry the prostitute and let the prostitute prostitute. And when she does that, that's what you do to me. So everyone trying to keep the law falls and fails. So I'm saying, if you think you're too good for whatever reason, you think you're too good, you're already lost. Nobody in this room measures up to the standard that God wants in yourself. You can't do it. Now, the Old Testament, you can't keep the law. Why can't you keep the law? Because you don't have the capacity to love God. The divide between you and God is not, is not closed. Jesus had not stepped into the gap. He has not restored your relationship to God. So God says, I loved you before you loved me. Not before you loved me, before you could love me. You can't love God if God doesn't give you the grace. No one comes to the Father except through Jesus Christ. You can't get to the Father, so you can't love the Father because you don't have the Holy Spirit that empowers you to love the Father, that pours out the love of God in your life. So you can't love God like you ought to love God. So you try your very best and you fail. That's why Paul says, don't focus on sin because the more I try not to, the more I do. And the more I do, the more I see this law in, at play that grace is present. The fact is that now that you are a child of God, God's love is poured out in you and you are able to love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your might and all your strength and all your soul. Now that you do that, the other stuff becomes easy. Sin begins to fall off of you without you trying. Sin begins to leave you. So sanctification is a process. None of you get saved and is sanctified overnight. 
Sanctification is like a ladder that you climb up. At least I'm better than I was a year ago. And sometimes you take two steps up and next year you're one step down. But don't give up because sanctification is a process. And the more you pursue God and the more you learn who He is, the more He pours out His love in your life, the more you become like Him. The more I behold Him, the more I want Him, the more I see Him, the more I need, I'm, I begin to become aware of the fact that I'm in need of Him. The more I'm in need of Him, the more He pulls me closer to Him. It is impossible to love God and stay where you're at. It's impossible to learn how to love Him and stay who you are. He begins to change you. His love poured out in your heart. So this, this expert in the law is talking to Jesus and he says to him, Jesus says to him, you've answered correctly, do this and you live. But he wanted to justify himself. Like most of us, we, we are not happy with the grace of God extended, giving all the glory to him for where you're going. We want to sort of have a part to play in what we do. He wanted to justify himself. And he said to him, then who is my neighbor? Because Jesus says, do this. Because he added, love your neighbor as you love yourself. He says to him, who is my neighbor? Now this new command, let me read it to you again. Jesus says to the disciples, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you so that, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples. If you love one another, he says, who is my neighbor? And in this reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. This already tells me that so that the man going down from Jerusalem is a Jew. You don't go down from Jerusalem if you're not a Jew towards Jericho. He tells us that this is a Jew going down. And when he was attacked by robbers, they stripped him of his clothes, beat him and went away, leaving him. So this journey towards Jericho was a dangerous spot. This is something if you travel down that road, it's you're going to get mugged. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him and went away, leaving him half dead. Leaving him half dead. So maybe I'll pause in here for a second. Dealing with so many young people that's trying to find love in a world that tells you because they can't perfect it, now they have to find a way to get rid of it. That they are now teaching young girls that you are so self-proficient. You don't need a man. You just need you and just pursue career and life and be independent and strong. You're going to be lonely and you're going to be by yourself and your career is not going to count and you are not living out what you were created to do to be someone connected to a man. You don't have to like it. Be single. Do your thing. People can live their lives how they please. But you were made to be next to someone. There is always a yearning for fellowship and companionship that cannot be replaced by a coffee and mug and bean. And when you girls hang out, you will get older. And you, we are creating a generation of women that are going to sit at their houses and be lonely one day. And men thinking that they don't need girls, do your own thing. Do your thing. Do your thing when you're so self-proficient. I'll slow it down for, you, for people at the back. No matter how perfect she is, loving them will still be difficult. They will never be removed from it, the decision to love. Because you think the decision that you have to make and the fight against gravity will be more easy the more 
they make it easy to be loved. You're wanting someone to like. So you're making your determination on what I like more than on what is within God's framework of his will for your life. So if you like them and that is what you base your love for them on, you'll soon find out that what you liked changed the first time she has a baby. Don't marry for like. Like is a feeling that evolves. It's easy, it's nicer when you like what you love. But like follows what you love. Most people don't, don't love their careers or like it. But you start by doing it because you have to. And then if you're mature, you begin to love what you do too. I don't have to like what I do every day, but I love doing what I do. Besides the point. The fact is, if you're trying to find a spouse that is easily lovable, you're sorely mistaken. All of them will have issues. And you have issues. And, you, and real love will always be in need of a decision to return to your commitment. Always. And this is why the sun goes up every morning. Why could Jesus not just leave the sun there? Just put it up there and it's day always. Sun goes down, comes up every morning to remind us every day that his mercy is on you. And so your hearts will be renewed. Go to bed. If you're angry, sleep it off. But when the sun comes up, so you should soften your heart again. Let your heart become soft again. So he says to him, a man was going down for a Jew. Attacked by robbers, they stripped him. A priest, so there's a Jew and a priest happens to be going down the same road. And when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too a Levite. Now this expert of the law, who would you consider be his neighbor in his mind? I mean, he's an expert in the law questioning Jesus. He happens to be in the room where Jesus is at. Speaks to his, his, his connectedness to, to what is a Pharisee. He knows the Torah. He answered Jesus well, well-educated, well-schooled. So Jesus puts an example out there, a man, he doesn't tell us what man, but he does tell us the man goes down from Jerusalem. So automatically he is leaning into the camp that that guy should be your neighbor. The question is, who is my neighbor? He says, then a priest comes down. So this, the priest is the one that officiates. Now I was worried about this and working through it. What is the difference between a priest and a Levite? The priest was doing the, the work in the, the temple, and the Levites was preparing the stuff that the priest needs. But both of them are descendants from, from the Levites. And Aaron himself was a Levite. And the Levitical priesthood came from Aaron. So talking about the priest and the Levite, it doesn't really make a difference. But both these guys, the priest and the Levite, plays into the mindset of this expert on the law. This expert on the law should love those two people. Those are his kinds of people. He has spent his life to understand what they're doing and the power and authority and influence that he, that he holds is connected to these two types of people, the priest and the, the Levite. Because it encapsulates the, 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 the primary tenets of their daily lives, if you will. This Levitical priest or priest and Levite is what this expert of the law would love. Jesus says, 
your buddies, your kind of people, your kind of people, the kind of people you want to hang around with, the kind that you are so proud to be in a back room with by yourselves, not amongst the common folk, walks past a common man, a Jew, your brothers. And when this man was robbed, you crossed to the other side. So the question is, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, understand, and love your neighbor. If you do this, you shall love. Who's my neighbor? Because he's trying to find a way out of his responsibility. Trying to see if I can get, like in tax law, something that can make me pay less tax. How can, I, how can I keep my influence without keeping the responsibility of it? How can I maintain a social standing? Let me, let me. How can I have people think I'm a Christian without the work of Christianity? 80% of South African Christians. How can I pretend on Facebook I'm a Christian? but not do the work that's so dirty. And so he says to him, your kind of people that you hang around takes a move to the left. What does it say? Priest happened to be going down the same road when he saw the man, he passed to the other side. So, so too a Levi, when he came to the place, so he passed by on the other side. Passed by this, a lot of opinions why the priest would, doesn't want to touch a dead thing. Don't want to become defiled. So many things that you don't want to do because it affects your name. So much to read into this portion of text. Crosses to the other side. He says to him, your team crosses to the other side. Who is my neighbor? But a Samaritan. Jesus is good with wordplay. You know that Samaritans, we talk about the good Samaritans. Samaritans in Jewish eyes, Jews' eyes at the time was not good. Jesus stands at the well. And this woman comes to him, a Samaritan woman. And she says, why would you even talk to me? Because the Jews had a very strong animosity between them and the Samaritans. Jews don't like a Samaritan. To them, Samaritans are like dogs. And so this, this, this Jesus says, a Samaritan comes down. Because this expert of the law cannot easily understand when Jesus says a Samaritan. He goes like, hmm. Jesus crosses to the other side. Uh, Jesus says, the Samaritan comes down this road. Samaritan, they hate the Samaritans. They don't like the Samaritans. So he has to hear the Samaritan can do what you can't do. And the Samaritan says, he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to, to him, bandaged his wounds, pouring all oil and wine. Then he put the man in his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day, he took the two denarii, Gave it to the innkeeper, look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for extra, any extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell in the hands of the robbers? And the expert of the Lord replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. So Jesus says to you, I give you a new command. Love your neighbor. Your neighbor is not the person sitting next to you. Your neighbor is not the person sitting next to you. It's not your wife. It's not your son. Not your buddies. The neighbor is a dude walking down the road next that you don't see. He says, I want eternal life. He says, love your neighbor. Love your neighbor.
Now, Jesus says, a new command I give you, love one another, one another. Starts here, love one another as I have loved you. How did Jesus love you? Gave his life. 